we were doing things like chicken sandwiches and uh, charcuterie boards and we tried to do pizzas. We, we tested out a lot of different things to figure out exactly what was the best thing for this space and that truck. Hello and welcome back to part two of my conversation with Rich Mack of BC Brewery. Later I'll be talking to Dave Matzenberger, who is the head chef of BC Eats. My name is Howard Fletcher and this here podcast is called The Number One Two. Why don't I go downtown for a bucket of netball? Mac and cheese in the side of me. I want to go downtown for a bucket of deck bones. They're right next door to the Tasty Free. BC Eats is a full-service tap room of craft beer in Cockeysville, Maryland, and Hunt Valley, right in Baltimore County. Uh, if you didn't listen to my part one of this conversation with Rich Mac, please go back and listen to it. I think you'll find it quite interesting. Uh, part two is just as good. And also later on, I'll be talking to Dave Mangersberger, who is the head chef. Uh, I always destroy his last name, and I apologize for that, Dave, uh, who uh, runs the food truck operation of theirs, and they make some delicious food. So with no further ado, here is the rest of my conversation with Rich Mac. I'm gonna, I know you're young, you're relatively young in the, in the business, but uh, I do some reporting out of Annapolis, and so I always ask people this, especially in this industry. Are there any legal issues or laws or guidelines or standards that you would like, to, you would like to see relaxed or changed in Annapolis in the state that would help you to do business uh, more easily? Or I will tell you, given our youth in the business, mm -hmm. the only thing I can think of that is a, that, that, I'm not going to say really inhibits my business currently, but makes it not as user-friendly as everything else, mm -hmm. is just the hours. Mm -hmm. So when they changed the beer laws in 2017, um, you know, the quantities I'm a far stretch from hitting any of that stuff. Right. Okay. So I'm a class five brewery, which is a production brewery, mm -hmm. you know, but I'm a, I'm a far cry from hitting any of those. But the hours thing, I'll give you a good example. The caps get, you know, when the caps play, you know, in the Stanley Cup. Uh, yeah. I, I have to close at 10. People came in here to start watching the game, which maybe didn't start until 830. Yeah. And then, you know, the, when's the game over? Around 1045, 11. It's like... They all had to leave at 10, yeah. you know, and it's like they would have much rather have stayed here, you know. Yeah. And so that's kind of one of the, that's, you know, for so for sports, you know, games yeah. and stuff like that, that's yeah. about the only time. I mean, truthfully, I don't mind closing at 10. Right. Um, you know, I can tell you if I could close it, if I could close at 2, 2 a.m., I wouldn't close at 2 a.m. Right. Because I think uh, from a business standpoint, you reach a point of diminishing returns with how late you stay open. Sure. You know, and do I want the dragging in here at 1 a.m. clientele who's already hit six other bars and this is their last stop? The answer is no. Howard, mm -hmm. I don't want that customer. Mm -hmm. You know, for somebody to say, oh, I don't want that customer. Yeah, it's like, I don't want that customer. Yeah. You know, 
I'm more the family friendly after work. <laughs> Next day I have a job I have to get to, you know, I'll have a few beers, go home, you know, you know, type thing. It's like normally by nine o'clock we're pretty cleared out. Yeah. And by ten it's not that hard to close. But I can just tell you, you know, it's a Saturday night and Stanley Cup finals are on, you know, and it's like, sorry, you gotta leave at ten. Yeah, I can see. And when Monday night football rolls around, exactly. same thing. Same yeah. thing. You know, so yeah. that's about the only thing that I would complain about. Yeah. The rest of it, maybe five years from now or something like that, I sure. would say, man, I'm, I'm hit butting up against my barrel limits or something like that. But right now, it's like I'm a far cry. Yeah, yeah. So Well, and one last question, then I'll go to my last thing. Out in the blue sky of this, uh, on the horizon, do you, do you have any long-term plans to do anything to dive into distribution or or the canning or the, anything like the that. answer is canning yes because i already okay. own a canning line ah. yeah I, I was lucky enough to find one at an auction which is unheard of yeah and then um distribution i would like to probably maybe someday self-distribute you know and then um and then release cans mm -hmm. i do cam releases mm -hmm. Uh, do I have any intention on being like the next Union Craft or Heavy Seas or anything like right. that? The answer is absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. No interest at all. <laughs> if I could just keep my tap room full and sell some to-go beer, yeah, it's already a great business. Good. You know, so um, I'd like to be, you know, the the, the go-to spot in Northern Baltimore County for beer. Yeah. Which, by the way, I'm the only spot. Right. I'm about to say, yeah, yeah. So you, you got a good start on that. Yeah. A good so head start it's on not that. Hard to, not hard to have that market share yeah. when I already have the market share yeah. pretty much. Yeah. All right. This last part is just called Last Call. It's just a personal questions about you and okay. in your product. Is there a favorite beer that you have brewed or do brew that, that you like to consume? Um, yeah, we actually brewed a double IPA mm -hmm. on the for the first re week release. Yeah, and uh, we just call it a, a Momo IPA. It's a double IPA that's Mosaic and Motueka hops, mm -hmm. and you know, very tropical, very like North New England style IPA type beer. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, that would probably be the first beer I want to bring back okay. <laughs> if I could. Okay. If I, but you know, we've brewed several other you know IPAs since then, and you know, so. There you go. What, uh, what, what food do you like to eat the best with beer? With beer? Yeah. Gosh. Probably hands down have to be pizza. Yeah. You know, we have like, you know, I have a beer right now that I call my pizza beer. It's a, we call it East Coast Steaming. Huh. East Coast Steaming. And it's a uh, steam beer, which is a, uh, the style is actually called a California Common. Yeah. But every time I drink it, I just want a pepperoni pizza with it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Is that here now? Yeah, is, it's okay. on tap now, okay. yeah. Because all of, you know, you change them all the time. Yep. Uh, is there a city that you haven't visited in the U.S. that you would like to go check out, especially now that you're in the industry, yeah. check out their craft beer culture? What well, you know, what's funny is um, probably number one mm -hmm. would be Denver. Mm. And it's not that I haven't, I have visited Denver uh, at least 20 times. Sure. And ask me how many breweries I've been to. Yeah. None. No. Yeah. You yeah. know why? Because it was before I was into craft beer. Yeah. You know, yeah. so if you look at it that way, it's like, how could you have not gone to a brewery? It's like, well, yeah. if you're there on a business trip, 
and you're with other people and stuff, it's like, right. what are you doing? You're hitting a Ruth Chris, you're hitting a McCormick's yeah. or some yeah. crap like that, Absolutely. you know? Yeah. It's like, unless you're in craft beer, it's like, even then, there were probably at least a hundred breweries in, in, in Denver, and sure. I didn't go to a single one, right. you know, on top of the thousand that are there now, you know, <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, well, diff- different sensibilities now, so. Right. What, uh, all right, last, what beverages are in your home refrigerator right now? Uh, me, I'm actually pretty simple. Milk, orange juice, or water. <laughs> yeah. No beer. No, actually, not much beer. Yeah. It's yeah. it's surprising. I actually uh, don't, buy, especially now, I just don't buy much beer. And, uh, you know, it's funny, I actually drink less beer I, than I, I ever did. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, there are many, I'll go three days sometimes here and not even have a beer. Yeah. And, and then, or, the or even, even have a sip yeah. to say, hey, Rich, you know, Jim will be like, hey, try this. Yeah. You know, what do you think? You know, because, you know, we're going, through, we're, we're brewing every week, but yeah. that doesn't mean you always have something ready to try every sure. week. Sure. So, yeah. there you go. Well, Rich, I want to thank you for being on the show. No problem. The mic is yours. Is there anything you'd like to tell the audience or about your place? Or I would encourage them to come and visit. It's a great place. Um, mainly uh, to just come give us a shot, you know. And uh, it's, uh, you know, I don't, like I said, we don't really do much advertising outside of social media. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I guess, you know, for a free advertising plug, I would say just please come by. Yeah. You know, we're very family friendly and uh, pet friendly and, you know, we're, uh, and we're definitely a 6 to 10 type place, you know. We're not like an after 10 type place. Right. So. Okay. Well, there you go. And uh, I'm about to talk to Dave about the food because they have some great food, a great food truck outside. So. Yep. All right. Thanks, Rich. I no appreciate problem. it. Thanks, Howard. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, I'm here with Dave, and I'm going to let Dave say his last name. Dave, what's your name? Uh, Magdeburger. Magdeburger. Yeah. And Dave, what do you do here? I am the executive chef of BCB Eats, which is the food truck parked outside. I was here Sunday, and I had the uh, tater tots smothered with uh, beef tip, uh, short ribs. Beef short rib, yeah. Oh, delicious. Beef gravy and jalapeno aioli. So tell tell us, how did you get involved in this project? So um, I was in culinary school. Uh, I was up in New York. And then I started my apprenticeship in D.C., and uh, I was planning on going back to school, and I came across this opportunity from my parents. They mentioned that a friend of theirs, a friend of my dad's, was opening a new brewery uh, around where I grew up. And it was an opportunity that I thought was, uh, was worth me at least tempting myself and trying it out. Um, so I reached out to Rich. I said, hey, I'm a chef. Um, I'm looking to get into this industry and expand my current experience uh, by learning about, you know, running something. And uh, I did a a tasting. It was typically most of the items that you see on my menu now, risotto balls, chicken barbecue, pulled pork, um, things like that. And he enjoyed it. And he said, "We we can make this work. So I came on in January when this place was just a big hole in the ground and uh, we, we built it from, from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, I came in, there was a little food truck. It was operating as a kebab uh, kebab truck at the time. Now Rich already had the food truck? He, he bought it okay. about 
two weeks before I came on, anticipating that this was going to happen no matter what. Um, we just needed to find the right person to have it, you know, flow out. And he gave me complete control of whatever I wanted to put on the menu. Um, he gave me the equipment, and you know, we had to figure out exactly what else we needed in addition to what was already on the truck. But uh, it was it was a, a wild two months of finding out how to how to build a how to build a restaurant, how to build a food truck. Um, all the different certificates and permits and different equipment necessity things. So tell me, you were okay. You were in culinary school. Yeah. Um, now, food trucks have kind of been a thing for the last five, six, seven years. At school, and you just finished culinary school. Is that correct? Well, I never actually finished. I got okay. my first year done, and then okay. I did my apprenticeship, and then this was kind of the this is my the test to see if I actually needed to go back okay. really so <laughs> well I, I I think you're doing quite well um, so but while you were there uh, do they even talk about food trucks now in culinary school I mean I would think that might be something they have absolutely, to address absolutely um, I would say the biggest class they talk about it in is high volume okay um, and the biggest thing about my food truck is high volume small space mm-hmm. so we're doing about 600 covers a night compared and we have 129 square feet um, compared to a normal restaurant, which has anywhere between 1,000 square feet of just kitchen space. Um, but they definitely have a, a, a more of a vocal point to it. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they talk about food trucks just because now it's definitely a booming industry. Um, mm-hmm. It's something that you can start relatively affordably yeah. um, and actually make good profits because you're not spending any money on real estate. Uh, mm-hmm. You're just buying wheels. You have a, a quite a bit of a variety. Uh, you mentioned some of the things on your menu. Um, when you s- sat down to make it or formula, put it together, uh, is there anything that you thought of that didn't work out or that you decided not to use? Or is it, Absolutely, it been, yeah. yeah. Um, in the last two months, we've been right. developing a menu. We've been figuring out what works, mm-hmm. what works with a crew of three, right. and what we can comfortably make in five minutes or less so that we yeah. can never have too long of a wait time between order and, and delivery to your table. Um, we were doing things like chicken sandwiches and uh, charcuterie boards and we tried to do pizzas. We, we tested out a lot of different things to figure out exactly what was the best thing for this space and that truck mm-hmm. um, and the equipment that we had. So yeah. I would say the taco was always my focus yeah. um, that's what I have a lot of experience in to go to. Um, I've, <laughs> I've traveled the country selling tacos uh, I used to sell them at music festivals all around mm. um, so I have just just this urge to sell those and and so it's it's all about the tortilla the meat and the sauce so mm. those are the things that I like to focus on you are uh, are you from here Maryland absolutely yeah I grew up in Baltimore uh, well I grew up in Bel Air and then I moved into Baltimore in ninth grade my parents live in in the north part of Baltimore right and I just moved actually back out to or I moved out to Cockeysville so okay. I'm now a resident yeah I saw you have some crab items on there yeah and you couldn't even have a food truck in Maryland without that yeah uh, is there anything else that you uh, might want to try in the future that you've thought of that's a, absolutely that's um more maryland influence uh we're using a lot of maryland uh things right yeah. now i'm always trying to figure out what i can get seasonally um what i can get local uh but i wouldn't say 
I mean, crab is always going to be something that I want to work yeah. towards, and that's something that we we, we like to use uh, yeah. on occasion. That Baltimore lake trout. Yeah, Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we're going to be using any of that. Yeah. Or, um, I, I'm more into the the seasonal fish. Uh, in the right. summertime, I definitely want to get into the tuna and mm. get into the the deep sea fish. That's what I'm always used to eating in the summertime myself. Um, I always spend the summers spent the summers down at the beach uh, with my parents. So. Seafood is always going to be something that I want to work towards getting more on my menu. So, This is a, a large space, as I mentioned when I was speaking to Rich before. Um, and I think the choice of having a food truck is a good one. It wouldn't be one that I would have, I don't think I would have thought of originally because you have this space in here. I would have thought that I'd make a kitchen area. What's, it, was there, what's the reason you decided to put it in um, the food truck? There's a bunch of reasons. Yeah. Uh, First of which is that we're a class five brewery. So okay. we're a production facility, and that gives us different types of permitting uh, in terms of uh, class five cannot have food service. So mm. we're two separate entities working together in order to create a good experience in one space. Yeah. Um, if we would put a kitchen inside and make it all one unison thing, it would be a different type of brewery. So yeah. uh, there's different regulations in Maryland that are kind of, they kind of restrict your your uh, your business yes. when you when you combine the two right. if you have them two separate then they can work together and they're fine but if you have a class seven there's different types of uh, revenue splitting and uh, health department issues and things like that my opinion is just like a it's just a challenge mm -hmm. and it's something that it was also easier to get off the off the ground quicker mm -hmm. um, instead of building a kitchen out inside taking all the time to get it in, in this space we just have it pre, pretty much pre-built, roll up, and roll out. Yeah, I, I would think in, in a lot of ways, uh, at least for the type of food that you're serving here, it might make you a little bit more nimble or, or, or easy to to change cuisine or, Absolutely. or maybe not. Yeah, I, I think that people have a preconception of food trucks as I'll try whatever. You know, there's right. only a few items on the menu each day, mm -hmm. so it's something that, you know, I've already had the one item, I might as well try the other one. Right. It's just kind of a more, uh, more fun way to cook uh, when you're in a food truck. Now, do you have any uh, plans? I know you guys just started. And I was, you know, I, I walked in here Sunday. Uh, I, I knew I just found this place on the internet. I'm from Silver Spring. I'm from the D.C. area. Okay. So uh, I wasn't familiar. And when I, you know, found you guys, and I was really shocked to find that you, the discovery you just opened in April. Because uh, it seems relatively established, very well thought out. Um, so I'm sure this question is probably unfair <laughs> since you just started. But are there any plans for you guys to uh, maybe add another truck to your fleet? Or do you take this truck elsewhere? Or right now is it just a fixture outside? So the next plan is uh, a little bit in the makings right now. We've already bought the equipment, but we're actually coming inside. Uh, we're going to be subleasing space from the brewery itself, uh, expanding into the front corner of it mm -hmm. and building a couple walls out to make it still separate but together. Okay. Um, so there's still two separate companies, but we're, we're planning a little takeout restaurant. Nice. Okay. So that's the, the goal for, for 2018 is to get more, more space and then use the truck more as a, a travel vehicle rather than just its actual stationary kitchen okay i'm not going to hold you to this and i'm gonna let the audience know i'm 
asking him something that's just right now, who knows. But as a chef, now you're inside, have more space theoretically. Uh, what would you like to cook or produce that you can't necessarily do right now in the conference? I would just say more variety. Um, using the same proteins and things like that, we can add uh, things like pizza, different soups, more sauces. Uh, I want to add charcuterie as like a main focus point and maybe doing in-house curing and different things like that that are more, more like a restaurant that you would assume. Um, but kind of taking whatever you would like to get at a, a normal bar, making it kind of a little crazy, and then serving it like that. You can get a lot of local sourcing on the charcuterie, you know, right? There's a lot of pork yeah. and stuff here. So we work with a lot of cool farmers um, yeah. with our spent grain. Uh, we use it to, to kind of as, a, as an invitation to invite farmers into our community. Um, we have uh, One Straw Farm up in Whitehall, uh, Whistle Pig Hollow in Ricerstown, um, Rosetta Farms, and a few other uh, local farmers that uh-huh. we give them spent grain and we're not really expecting anything in return we're kind of just trying to create a A bigger bond and you know they're going to be always you know trying to get us to buy their things and that's always the best thing for me is to get these samples and figure out what i know we can use what's the good price and um but i would say that would be that would be the coolest thing that we do with that okay all right well dave i appreciate you coming to be on the show is there anything you would like to tell the audience about uh BC Eats and what you have planned in the future, or just yeah, I would just say it's a it's a very cool concept. We're doing American barbecue on a tortilla, um, and it's something that I want to have people enjoy and uh, be impressed over the simplicity yet the complicated like, steps to get there. So. I would say definitely come and try our, our pork taco. It's the best in Cockeysville. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna try and get that on our menu and make sure that it's actually verifiable. Best taco in Cockeysville. <laughs> Maybe the world. I don't know. But we do uh, we do local pigs. We yeah. do whole hogs at a time. Every Tuesday night we smoke yeah. about a 200-pound pig. And wow. it's the best pork I've ever had. Wow. So, and well, I'll have to try that next time. Absolutely. I, look, I can vouch your tater tots are awesome. Yeah. If you get nothing else, get the tater tots, <laughs> get the smothered tater tots. But, uh, you know, I will be checking out that taco. Good, so. yeah, definitely. Right. Dave's right, pork Dave. taco. <laughs> okay, Dave. All right. Thanks a lot. appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that's another episode in the books. I hope you enjoyed it. I'd like to thank a few people who made this whole thing possible. I'd like to thank Rich Mack and Dave Magdenberger, I think I got it right that time, of BC Brewery and BC Eats in Cockeysville, Maryland. Thank you for letting me interview you. I would like to encourage anybody who is in that area or who is visiting Maryland to stop by and enjoy a craft beer and a nice pork taco. Please remember to like us on my Facebook page, Number One Two Podcast, and also to follow us on Instagram. And wherever you're listening to us, whether that be SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, please give us a ranking, and uh, let me know what you think about these episodes. It'll help us all the way around. I'd also like to thank my mother for having me. Thank you very much, and for being my stabilizer. I'd like to thank the notorious JMZ, Joan Zimmerman, for your advising and your support. And Jack, you're the best pug a guy could ever want. 
All of the music in this episode, as well as our theme music, Tasty Freeze, was supplied, as always, by Cadillac Grip. If you're ever in Boulder or Denver, Colorado, please go see Cadillac Grip play. Because if you ain't hip to the grip, you just ain't hip. The number one two podcast was written, produced, recorded, mastered, engineered, and screwed up by me. I'm Howard Fletcher. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.